Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is James. I got the chance to host again, sitting here with my good friend Faraz. And Nathan. Hello. Boom. We are back at it again. Today, we are not sure why we're talking about this, to be completely honest. Um, We're going to try to talk from our point of view as, you know... Three guys who haven't really had real brutal hardships and have been pretty privileged. How do you navigate that privilege? How do you push through the barriers to, you know, be successful and work with people who had to fight through and, and overcome challenges to get to the success level that that maybe you've taken for granted? And I don't think there's a great way to, you know, navigate these waters, but we're going to try to discuss it today and just kind of talk about our experiences and and maybe there's some hardships that you guys have gone through, you know, for us and Nathan that, that I don't know about yet. So we're going to get to know each other a little bit now. And, and I mean, Nathan and I are a couple of white guys. And so we'll see what Frost's experience were compared to us and see if we've got anything anything that we can learn today. So um, anyone have any stories that like come boiling to the top of your mind or do you both feel pretty privileged as well? Well, I'd, I'd definitely say that I feel privileged. All right. Done listening, Nathan. Frost. <laughs> <laughs> what's your perspective on this topic in general like, you top, like hmm. we're having a cup of coffee yeah. well, they're having a cup of coffee so um, please try and uh, disregard the slurps <laughs> James is uh, wondering if he should take this next drink or not <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> Satisfying. Thanks for derailing us. I really appreciate that. My main thing was just like, I don't want to set the coffee cup down on the table and make that obnoxious, like, setting down noise every five seconds. But, right. you know, the slurping sound, I think I can keep it down a little right. bit. Right. Well, if you're listening to this in the, in the morning, this might go uh, very well with your coffee. Yeah, you'd be like, um, and breakfast, but uh, in our case, this is an afternoon pick-me-up. <laughs> Nobody needed to know that. Why is he writing us out? This is our afternoon coffee for, you know, the after lunch keep us from having a coma in the middle of the episode. That's right. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Back to you for us. <laughs> I feel like a newscaster. That was good. Yeah. Good derailment. <laughs> uh, my family comes in from the Middle East. They moved to America. And, like, my dad came in when he was a teenager. And so they went to school, uh, tried going to college, but unfortunately, like, their parents passed away. So they just uh, ended up just going to work and trying to make a living. And they ended up, uh, like, getting into business, and now... They own a couple of businesses in a small town. Uh, they, from everything they've told me, like, they've, uh, like, all they've told me is, like, you know, it's uh, all hard work, like, and, like, uh, I, I'm always in, inspired by, like, uh, my family, because they really just, uh, they came from nothing. Yeah. And uh, moved to this country, and really, like, they they built a lot, but 
I don't want to go about this. <laughs> so me, like, um, I already came, like, so my family is successful. So when I came into this world, like, we were already, like, well-adjusted, well-off. And so for me, I've, uh, like, I had a lot of opportunities I don't think, like, other kids had. Because, like, my parents had, like, plenty of money. Yeah. And stuff to do. Did you ever feel that, did, you, did your dad ever say that, you know, his, um, you know, foreign background ever limited him whatsoever? No. Yeah. Very cool. It was never anything like that and in terms of, like, me growing up. Because I think uh, stuff like this gets sensationalized on the news. But uh, you, you see a lot of talk about, like, people get put down for their race and stuff or never experienced that yeah like obviously you have like a couple like people like uh, when i was growing up they'd make fun of me for it but yeah that, that, like nothing that like really brought me down or anything yeah like and so i never thought about race whenever i was going to college whenever i was doing anything like that that was never a thought in my mind yeah but it seems to be a hot topic today yeah so I don't, like, I guess I don't understand where it comes from, but I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on it? Did you sit in on that IGT um, ACE conversation when they started talking about diversity and... and uh, inclusion? Yeah, well, diversity and inclusion is, is one of the programs that they run, and then they talked specifically about um, racial issues and matters, mm-hmm. and they had a bunch of speakers... African-American and both African-American and white um, speakers talking about their experience with, you know, racial tension um, and and having to navigate that. And most of them were from, I think, the Rhode Island group. So they're Mm -hmm. from back east. And um, it was just really super interesting to listen to the stories of parents Mm -hmm. who were raising, you know, children in that area. I mean, I think that we're coming to you guys if you're listening to this from anywhere further east than like Wyoming, Colorado, we're coming from Nevada. So I think we're in this kind of bubble where we don't get to experience as much of it. I think that it might still exist to an extent, but a large majority of our minorities here in Nevada, I feel like if, if they have the mindset where they want to work hard and stuff, the, the racial tension from white to other races is not as strongly negative for any reason. I mean, we all n- migrated at some point in our history to Nevada together. So, like, they had to survive to a certain extent. So there was not as much contention racially, I don't think, because they, yeah. they they got here under, under different terms, right. you know? Um when they migrated across, it was there was no not a lot of slavery that transferred to the West, right? You know, and it, in my understanding of our history, yeah. And so I feel like that sets us up foundationally for a more tolerant culture mm-hmm. um, on this side of the United States. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying there's still people out there who have, you know, poor value systems or value systems that are different than mine that create this racial tension. Um, but it's still interesting to think about, like, 
what if I was to adopt a black child as a white male? That would be very difficult for me to explain some of the stuff that he may or may not experience. How do you prepare them to experience or not experience that? You know, I'd raise them with the values of, you know, just work hard, you know, grow kind of a thick skin to an extent because you're human. People are going to pick on you. People are going to find your weaknesses. And some people are just going to try to drag everyone down around them that they possibly can to make themselves feel better. Right. Totally. You're going to run into those people, mm-hmm. you know, and as a general human rule. But when we talk about, like, who knows, maybe if we... We break through and we get to a point where people want to listen to us and we want to go speak in, in larger venues. We're going to have a large diversity of people in the crowd, hopefully. Yeah. I don't want to just attract white males or just males in general to our to our talks. The goal is to, we want everyone around us to go up. I don't want to ever bring anyone down for any superficial reason or any reason in general. I feel like even learning disabilities, anything like that, you're everyone has capability to find a place where they can add value yeah, and therefore extract value from the economy. Right? right. And so that's my viewpoint on any situation. And so it's exciting. Um, and that those are my values. But if I was to try to explain, I'd explain that to say, I, I adopted a black child. How do I explain to him that if he was to travel to Chicago and get pulled over by a white police officer, that he would have to be careful. Yeah. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Um, that was a, a topic of conversation in this chat that IGT put on was um, parents talking about they have the talk with their children. Well, it's not the sex talk. It's the talk about how to handle yourself as a, a black individual in public. Mm-hmm. You can't do the same dumb stuff your white friends do because you will be the target of the investigation same. just because you have – it's like driving a red car. You can get pulled more off, pulled over more often in a red car. You'll stand out. Right. You know. See now like that's where I think is the problem is that uh that thinking like if you look at these statistics when like uh like for like cop shootings and um people being pulled over, it's actually pretty even. But we are creating this like divide in our country where we're telling these minorities like hey you need to be more afraid than regular people so you're right. pretty much <laughs> it's weird to say regular yeah. people yeah it's... i don't no no it's tough i know yeah how else do you phrase that but it's pretty right. much yeah this like this separation like oh you guys are being targeted so now uh you need to be careful yeah. And so they start believing, like, oh, I'm different right. because of my skin. So, so uh, you like, yeah, and then they're, t- they're teaching their kids this, like, hey, uh, cops are going to pull you over. So now that, in their head, is like, oh, okay, now cops are my enemies, right. which we shouldn't, we really shouldn't have. And that's why I really hate, like, this whole thing, really, is... We're talking on racial lines when we really shouldn't. It should be more of, um, do you come from like maybe like a poor neighborhood? Yeah. Or something. I more econ- I hate, economic yeah. lines. Right. I really don't like this whole like oh because you're black or something like you have like these athletes making millions 
all this and like they're complaining about being pulled over and all that but like I don't think like I don't think they've had the hardships of like they're some not... like regular poor white guy yeah. who's having it hard right now yeah I don't know that's my opinion yeah no, I would agree. Um, you definitely have some valid points for sure. Um, you know, my experience has been just, you know, I mean, I grew up on a cattle ranch for the most part and, you know, mm-hmm. went to public school. So, you know, I was around um, a lot of kids, um, but, you know, very confined to um, just sort of, you know, the small town feel. But, uh, you know, I... I remember, you know, being in sports with kids and never feeling, you know, that they were different or treating them different, you know, yeah. it was, um, you know, the, le- the playing field was level and mm-hmm. I saw so many people become successful. But what's very interesting is that um, what I've seen in kind of uh, Faraz's family is sort of a model of, you know, the capability of this country. And the fact that, you know, so many um, immigrants that come here, you know, that first generation becomes so successful because of their, you know, their their work drive and how they've been restricted somewhere else. Um, and I've seen that with a lot of my friends that, you know, come from India and their parents become, you know, very you know successful and, and own these different businesses and um, they really just excel here. And, you know, to me, it's, it's you know, sort of a, the demonstration of the American dream. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my experience was, you know, I worked with a lot of Hispanics um, and just sort of hearing their point of view and just how on life and, you know, how hard they work. They're truly like a model of what this country, hmm. you know, I wouldn't want to say once was, but, you know, I mean that in the context that, you know, we all immigrated at some point yeah. and, you know, everybody had that dream to, to come to the U S and to be able to make a good life for them that they work so hard and it's, it's cool. Um, so I think it's, you know, as far as, uh, the issues today, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, I haven't felt, you know, personally, um, any disdain for any certain, person or group of persons but um you know i don't think most people do no like we're we're all taught to like lend a hand to each other like the only time you'll ever get these people who do have disdain for others is if they grew up with with that like either they got it from a role model or perhaps they were secluded and maybe they like saw things on the internet like yeah these people are bad yeah. And they never got to interact with other people. Right. So yeah. that's how you end up learning. Because growing up, never thought about race, like, ever. Like, yeah. that was never a problem for me and my family. Um, never a problem for me and my friends. It was never, like, the race thing was never weird to us. And then I come into college, and it seems to be, like, a major point. Yeah. And the whole thing was weird to me. I really never understood it. Yeah. You know what was interesting is I actually watched something, an interview with Morgan Freeman, and he, he was kind of talking to the mm-hmm. topic, and he said, you know, I think that 
what we really need to do is, I think I wouldn't. In his words, he said that we need to stop talking about it. Yeah, you know that's I mean? the thing. Yeah, and just stop talking about it. Like, allow people yeah. to. I mean, I wouldn't say you know if there's issues they shouldn't be talked about. That's not my point. Mm-hmm. But it's just sort of we need to stop saying that there's differences here, um, and you know refer to people as is you know that guy or that person, yeah. not by the color of their skin. And um, so, but you know, it's it's hard to talk to a topic that you haven't ever experienced discrimination, right? So um, there, there's probably, a, I mean, there's definitely a lot of people out there that have experienced that. Um, so, um, you know, for us, it's, uh, it's different. And so, that's why we say that, you know, we are privileged um, and in a lot of ways, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, all my interactions and um, experiences, um, especially working with the Latinos, um, was always very educational. And and, um, and that was more the, the very broad, not the very broadest, but very broad, um, you know, experience in a lot of ways for me. So it was cool. You know, you learn a lot from these people. And especially, I love the first generation people that come in with the, you know, you know, they build something for their kids. They set this role model. And I actually have the really great opportunity to work with a gal that is a first generation um, American. She's immigrated here and she's in the military and a very successful career in accounting. And um, I have so much respect for her because of the role model that she's setting for her kids. And she realized that like, you know, she had jobs that were difficult that where she was working at low income, mm-hmm. you know, with a fast food restaurant, her kids were like, well, I'm when I'm older, I'm going to work, you know, you know, at the same place you did. And, you know, at a fast food restaurant, she said to herself, she's like, look, I'm setting a role model for my kids and I want them to strive for more. And so, you know, she went back to school, got her bachelor's. Um, I mean, very successful, extremely smart, um, and um, yeah, it's in the military too. So she's she she balances a lot, does a lot, never stops learning, and and really setting a grand example. And so it's it's super cool. Yeah. And, I, and sometimes I wish that I could have been part of something like that, where you come into a setting knowing or having a well, not necessarily having an example, but um, you know really appreciating the opportunity that we do have in the u.s Mm -hmm. and then being able to like work hard to get there and i think that that's what a first generationer gets to see because they see the difference between these countries Mm -hmm. you know i think that's the the privilege we have is we all came from good families yeah we're like well set off so we never really had to um really struggle for anything so like it, it's hard to appreciate what you have really yeah. so to be like to see people like that like really take advantage and like build that american dream it's really uh cool motivating yeah it is yeah and i think that that's kind of like so nowadays i always feel like the, the standard is is okay well you're gonna go to school and maybe get a bachelor's mm-hmm. and probably get a master's and you're gonna take some professional job you know position or something right but you know, what you learn from first generation is that they come in here, they start a business and I guarantee that they are more successful 
Oh, I can't necessarily guarantee, but very successful compared to, you know, the average person that's just going to college to get a degree to then work a job, right? I mean, they're creating value in the marketplace and they're contributing to the economy other than just spending, right? Like they're creating a sort of a value chain. And so, um, you know, I think that, you know, instead of necessarily always looking at the issues, um, you know, we should look at the, 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 I guess, the blessings that we do have as Americans. And that is being, you know, having the, the opportunity to express ourselves, uh-huh. to strive to do better. And that's like, the, I understand the whole issues that are currently happening. And I think that like one thing that we are overlooking is the fact that, you know, people burning the flag, right. And is that, it's sort of a spit on the American culture to a sense, right? But this culture is also producing an environment that also allows you the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, um, and I really want to underline that word opinion here, is that it's not that the flag should be disrespected, right? It's that we should still honor the flag and then demonstrate against the change that we want to see right and so i don't know what you guys feel about that no that's always an interesting aspect to me is when the protests go on and someone ends up burning a flag it's like you're burning a symbol that that stands for represents the fact that you can be protesting right now right protest for this issue underneath that flag right is my Mm -hmm. is how i look at it so it's i mean you're saying all of America is the problem. It's like someone looking at me and being like, you're pretty good looking if you just fix and then scan me up and down and say that, like my entire self. Right. You know, you're a pretty good guy, except for if you just fix all of you, that would be great. (laughs) Right. So it's like, wow. You know, (laughs) as opposed to being like, oh, no, you're a great guy, but you come across a little too direct sometimes. Right. You know, that would be something I can strive for so mm-hmm. you, you send the message specifically when you burn the flag it's like yeah america sucks that that is the image i see when i see that kind of um display right mm-hmm. right and that's not what they're trying to get across that's never the point of their protest they always have a more specific goal than that in mind and so that that's an interesting concept the you guys were uh, the conversation earlier i'm going to kind of go back a little bit because i had some points that i wanted to emphasize and I'll try to see if I can do it in more concise than what it's starting out. The uh, the fact that we didn't really have to like struggle to survive. Um, we're all set up to survive by default right. to an extent. It's kind of what it feels like. And so I guess the point that I want to the the people I want to talk to or, or other people like us where it's like, Hey, you're stuck in a loop. Yeah. We can go to work we can come home, go to work and come home and we will survive just fine. We can even have uh, a wife and a couple of kids and, and we'll feel like we're doing some positive ground there, but essentially you're still just going to work and coming home. And so we're in America. You don't have to settle for that. Right. 
And that's the part that is tough to see because to a large extent, that's all we're trained to do from the time we start school to the time we finish school to the time we get our first job is, yeah, go get learned up and learn how to work for someone else. And that that's not necessary, but that's how we view it, mm-hmm. where someone who gets to come over and, and, and when we say the opportunity to have gone through hell is kind of what it, it's like. Those are the people I idolize. I love listening yeah. to the the hardcore stories that, like the Rock Johnson and and um, you know Kevin Hart. Their their backstory from where they were to where they are now is so cool to listen to their story because they came from all this struggle and hardship, and their story has carried them through. So what about people like us where it's like, well, you're successful, you better be. Your family is successful. Uh-huh. It's expected of us to an extent. Or, you know, it, it's not, it doesn't seem weird when we do something positive or good. We don't have that big, hey, you went through all this stuff to make this happen. It's almost like we have to create our sacrifice, create your hardship to an extent so you can keep pushing the margins of where we're capable of going. We didn't have to, we, we don't get looked at and I think we do sometimes get looked at differently when it comes to career moves because we are not checking any boxes for publicity to help be a part of this, you know, racial point mm-hmm. of movement. If we get promoted, there's there's no benefit other than you do a good job in your job. They don't have that publicity aspect to us when they promote someone like us who's not got a story like that so to speak. Um, so it's just, it's the concept that I wanted to talk about today is how do we keep pushing ourselves to create those little stories that are going to carry us through our careers and our lives and be of value to someone else. Right. If we just sit on our butts right. and continue to survive, that's not productive for, we survive and that is it. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not exciting, it's not productive, there's no purpose in that, you know. Um, I, I, Growing up, I always kind of, in my head, thought I'd end up in the military because I saw so much purpose in that. Right. Huh. And so the guys that are in the military, I have a great respect for. Because they have to come back, and they have to live in this culture that they go and fight for, and what they see that they fought for isn't always what they've idealized in their heads. Yeah. You know, they've fought for this freedom for everyone to be able to work hard and make all the money they can. And then they come back and they see people who are not doing that, who are just surviving and complaining about it every single day. And the purpose that they find here is to complain about all the stuff that they think is wrong. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's going to be more fun for us. And I'm so excited for the journey we're going to be on because we're going to be pushing that bill, you know, we can survive simply, but we're going to be pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. We are, we're going to have to make sacrifices in order to make it to the next level. And once you get to that next level, you're going to find another thing that you're going to have to sacrifice if you want to keep moving forward in life and making a positive impact on the world. Right. And so that's, that's, the, that's the keys I'm trying to find. And we're not going to solve them or find them in this specific podcast where we're talking about you know, some of the racial and, and tensions that we have or 
or the fact that we don't look privileged or we didn't have a struggle to get through, so to speak. You know, we had right. families who were able to feed us all the way through. Well. I never had to go work as a five-year-old to try to find food for my family, right. you know, or, or, you know, in middle school, I didn't have to go get a job to right. help my mom and dad pay the bills. Right. And, but, that's, and that's not to say that we don't, we haven't had our struggles. It's just that we, we Our had, struggles are not yeah. in perspective to other people's struggles. Uh-huh. Right. As profound right and everyone has their struggles and that's that's the part that i think everyone needs to accept is that i think some people feel entitled to certain things because of the struggles they've gone through yeah right it's like and and even people who've worked so hard to get to where they are maybe they just missed the mark by a little bit and they get passed over someone else gets the job ahead of them and maybe it's someone that they don't see as, as fit as them to get that job or they don't deserve it because they didn't have the same struggle and they didn't fight as hard for it. But they're still doing that job better. Say it, 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 say it happened that way and there was no nepotism involved. Um, you can still feel jaded that you got passed over because, hey, you worked so hard to get to this point and you just didn't quite get to that next level. Be grateful you got to that point, you know? And so for, it's the same way I try to think of it as much as I possibly can. It's like if I was to meet someone who was from a really well-to-do family and didn't have to work for the first four years in college where he was able to just do school and then he ended up being better at my trade and passes me up and doesn't really even need the money, I would probably be a little jaded that I had to work to keep in the black throughout college and I juggled doing school. I made it through, but maybe I'm not as good as that guy. Yeah. So he gets the promotion over me. Yeah, I'm going to be a little upset, but the fact of the matter is I made it to this point. Yeah. I can make more sacrifices to catch back up to him. Yeah. Like I got to compare to where I was to where I am now, not to where he was and where he is now. Uh-huh. Right. You know, cuz we all start off with our our different different positions in life. Yeah. Have you ever guys ever watched the video where they have all these young students lined up and they have them they ask him a bunch of questions. If you are in whatever social economic standpoint, take a step forward. If you are here, take a step forward. If you have this, take a step yeah. forward. If you've had this struggle, take a step back. And then they say, okay, it's a race. It's a foot race. Everyone run to the finish line. But these people have all been stacked, so they all started in a line, uh-huh. and based on the answers to their questions, they move forward or move back. And so these people are all start, starting at these different points. Yeah. It's a good visualization as to how life really works. Right. You know, we all start with the different starting position in life, but we all have this similar finish line that we want to get to. Mm-hmm. If you accept where your starting line is personally, you know how much harder you're going to have to work to pass the guy up who started ahead of you. Right. It doesn't mean you can't pass him up. It just means you have to accept the fact you'll have to work harder. Right. So it's a, you know, talking about privilege is so weird to me because everyone has a little bit of privilege. If they market themselves and brand themselves the right way. The other thing you guys talked about was, you know, it's so weird to tell minorities that the police are more likely to go out and, and come after you. Yeah. You know, so be scared of the police or or act a certain way around police. Um, 
and I can I can see where skin color can play a part in that. But another aspect of that 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 even some of the speakers had in uh, the World Diversity video, or uh, I guess it would you know, a webinar that yeah, they did. Uh-huh. They're like, hey, I tell my kids they can't wear certain brands or dress a certain way because they're they're not going to represent who they really are as a person. I know my kids are good kids. I know they're smart, but if they decide to to brand themselves a certain way and they want to wear baggy pants or or something like that, they're going to brand themselves and they're going to they're going to put a bigger target on their back. The same can be said for for white people too. Yeah. You know, we can brand ourselves in such a way that we don't portray trust. You know, we don't inspire trust in other people when they look at us. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I come into a shop with my plaid shirt and and my my Wranglers on, people are going to pinpoint a specific amount of trust or a specific amount of distrust my way based on what I'm wearing. Right. Like, oh, he's not going to underheat. Or they're going to evaluate my intellectual capabilities. Right. He knows dirt. He knows cows, maybe. He doesn't know this. Right. And so you really have to be careful about how you brand yourself, and you have to know how, where you want to go. And you're going to brand yourself in such a way that helps navigate you down that path. It's actually funny you mentioned that um, because I had an interesting interaction with a with a doctor, and uh, that she was very surprised that I was in accounting because I was wearing boots and jeans, <laughs> shirt. She was just like, "What?" You know. Mm-hmm. So it's not you know the stereotypes are everywhere, and mm-hmm. and everybody sort of gets them. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> I don't know if she, you know she sort of thought didn't know that I was you know even literate right right <laughs> from first glance yeah and, and I promise you I wasn't dirty but um you know the the fact of the matter is it's very true the the personal branding is true for any everybody mm-hmm. and um, so I like that that's a, that's a good story. point and I don't I don't know that we think about it I mean I think I've surprised people with stuff I've done in the past I'm like oh I didn't see you as being that type of person what I, I never thought to even maybe I will next time I never even thought to ask oh why not yeah you know I want to know what what about my appearance and how I carry myself made you think that I wouldn't be willing to do this like when I was helping Robert out I got that a lot it's like oh wow you did that um yeah yeah you know what made you think I wouldn't do something like that right you know because I feel like the type of people that you usually see going out of their way to help an elderly person are female, older, have children. You know, they, they have that sense of wanting to take care of people, mm-hmm. you know? And so that is an example. Also, when I wear my Western-type clothes, I surprise people 100% of the time. And I never think about it. It's just like, boom, check mark. I surprised them, and I forget that that interaction ever happened. So it's pretty interesting that you, you brought up your story with that doctor and surprised of, by your career because she didn't evaluate that based on your appearance. Right, yeah. And um, I feel like sometimes minorities are given the golden ticket to, to leverage those situations differently. Right. And um, I don't know, you know, like I said, I can't, I have never experienced maybe enough times in a row for it to maybe become a problem or maybe I think of it in a different way um, the other reason I like this topic is and the reason I think think that we have the capability to talk about it a little bit like we have been is because when I went and talked at UNR I did kind of a I sat on a panel 
with other professionals. And we basically were just talking to freshman and sophomore level students who were getting ready for the school year and just kind of helping them figure out where they wanted to go and, and what they wanted to do and what classes that they're going to be. And they already have kind of predefined their majors at that point and they're enrolled in certain classes. But it's kind of more of a what resources are available on campus to an extent. I don't think they did a great job of that. But it was really more for, hey, what did you get out of college and how did you get it out of college? Right. Type of a chat. And so everyone who was in engineering and science came into a room. And it was a room of probably maybe 30 desks or so, and we had maybe 20 students in there. And there was a couple of um, young ladies in there who had some very good questions, but it turned into uh, not so much a race thing, but a gender role thing. Mm -hmm. And um, there was one young lady who was dressed in uh, like a nice tuxedo, had her hair slicked back, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to make any evaluations of what she was, but she was obviously on the more masculine side of the spectrum. You know, and so she's like, well, she had a, she asked a question. Uh, she she was a lot of the source of the questions about gender roles and sexuality, and how you manage that in a workplace as far as you know being looked down on. And my, <laughs> I listened to all the responses of the rest of the people on the panel, and I'm like, I don't know if I can talk about this to you guys, and and have it received the proper way. But the way I respect people who know who they are, are not afraid of who they are, and they're not going to use it as an excuse. You know, if someone comes up and talks to me and I, I happen to mention something or say something that offends them, if they let me know that it offended them right now so that I don't do it again, I'm not going to offend them again. I'll remember that. Likewise, they come into my office, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm in business mode. You know, I want, I want the information that they have for me. I'm going to give the information I have to them. And I'm not, if I'm a manager of someone like that, I'm going to evaluate their performance. I'm not going to evaluate their sexual orientation or their specific gender identity that they want to have. Right. That's not part of the job. And if they act professionally, one way or the other, I don't care. Right. You know? Um, so my, my advice was just very much, hey, hold yourself professional. Don't look, if people are going to judge you based on that, you're going to have to grow a thick skin, you know, overcome that and be happy that you had to overcome that because you'll have an opportunity I've never had. I can't say I overcame any identity crisis. I never had to contend with talking to someone about the fact that I see myself as a female because I don't, right? But maybe you as a you know biological female who doesn't want to be female gender role you'll have to go through that be excited that you made it through that because every time you make a step up it's going to be one it's going to be so much more powerful than when I make a step up yeah so that was my thing is just embrace your story and i think we've kind of got that theme going if you look at through our podcast it's like we the stories we created through college helped carry us into our careers um, the stories about you know the different little things we've gone through along the way, where we came from, even as children up to now, it's all part of our story, and people are interested in hearing that. Mm -hmm. Our podcast that was specifically called Our Stories, you know, gave us a chance to to tell it again from a more personal standpoint. So it's like even in your career moves, 
it's going to be so much more impactful to someone else. And you'll be able to help someone else get through that same right, stuff right. if you go through it with a, a power mindset as opposed to a victim mindset. Yeah. And yeah. so the victim mindset is what I wanted to steer them all away from because it sounded like that's where they were going. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, I don't, I don't want to coddle you. Right. And you know what's interesting is, uh, and I, I want to add to your point, is that there's a lot of times where your weaknesses can be, or your insecurities can be your biggest strengths, right? Yeah. And, and I have a, a really good friend that, you know, did have, does have a learning disability. And because of that, you know, he, you know, he got through college. Um, and, but he's always been afraid of a desk job and answering emails and having to write and read, right? And because of that, um, you know, he's been forced to to um, seek other routes to success. And one of those is owning his own business. And so I would say now he's, he's getting ready to close on his first business. So that's a great example of him not, you know, saying, oh, well, it's me, right? Like I'm... And, and expecting somebody to coddle him for it. He used that strength to say, look, I can't do this. I have to find another way because I want to be successful. And I remember having a conversation with him and I said, you know, dude, in a lot of ways, you know, I think that you're really lucky because of this issue. You've had to look elsewhere yeah. and you've had to find a different path to the top. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, who cares how you get there as long as you're not breaking the law and hurting somebody else, right? But he's getting there. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And every he's going to be, you know, um, he's going to be so much more impactful. Yeah. To right. to more people. Right. It's other people that have the same learning disability. You know, I mean, look, like even a different learning disability. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. disability at all. It's like if right. he can do it. I don't have that disability. I should be able to do it. Yeah. Right. And that's for normal people that see his story. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was... For someone who... In that young lady's situation... Is so cool. Because if she can talk about it in such a way where she's open and confident with, with who she is when she finally, you know, gets a solid foundation of whatever whatever that looks like for her. You know, even me as a white male, I can listen to her story and she can be like, yeah, I, you know, made it up through and I'm the general manager of of some plant or I started my own business and I'm a CEO. Hmm. You know, it's like, hey, you know, she overcame, I'm sure, so much stuff and she'll give glimpses of it, but there's so many things that, that never make it to a stage or a talk or a, a panel. So many stories behind someone's hardships that you'll never get to see. You'll get to see the highlights of a few of them. And there's so many more you know were under there that they weren't perfect. If they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know? And so that's the exciting part is they're going to be they're going to be able to have more impact, pack more punch when they when they tell their story. And I say that, but my goal is to create as much punch as I possibly can out of my story, even given the fact that my hardships are not perceived to be hardships. Right. But there's a lot of people like me who are still stuck. Uh-huh. And, and I don't consider myself unstuck. I, I definitely have my sticking points. But when I overcome those sticking points, 
there's other people who are going to have the same issues. So I can't, I have to have that abundance mindset. I'm not just trying to help a specific set of individuals who I have no right to be helping. I'm trying to help people just like me. And there's enough of us. Right. You know? Right. You guys so. ever heard of uh, Jordan Peterson? No. No? I haven't. He was a, he was a psych professor in, in a Canadian school. But he found like an untapped market, kind of like um, these people who like just been like forgotten. And he became like really famous because he like really helped these people out. Just people who felt like stuck in life. Like um, they would just, they had like no direction, no passion. Just like maybe go to work, go home, play video games, go to bed. They weren't striving for anything. And, like, the way... Like, the way that society now is set up is we're trying... We're really trying to, like, help, like, um... Like, more, like, women, minorities, like... uh, You really see a lot of that. But now we have, like, these, like, forgotten men in the country who are just kind of uh, going by. Like, nobody really cares about them. Nobody cares to ask, like, uh, right. what they're doing, what their story is. And he, uh, you got somebody like this come out. Like, hey, here's how you find passion. And, I mean, he became, like, so successful just yeah. helping these people out. Yeah. It, like, he, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Uh, you know, a challenge for everybody listening that, that might have had a disability or does have a disability that, uh, you know, um, share your story because, you know, it can it can really help others um, that are in the same boat yeah. or a similar boat. So um, maybe you don't have control of your story yet. Maybe, maybe when you tell your story, it's coming from a place of, hey, I want to learn how to overcome my difficulties. Because when you share your story or you share your intent with people, people naturally want to help each other, especially in the culture that we get to enjoy in America is if you throw out your desire and let people know what you want, they'll be able to help you guide you down the path you need to take to get there. Mm-hmm. They're not going to handhold you through it, but they can point you in the right direction. And if you decide to run in the direction that takes you closer to your goal, then then you're one step ahead of where you were before. So by telling your story, maybe you're like, I don't I don't know what to do. Maybe that's how you end your story. You don't say, I've got it all figured out. Here's how I get through it. But by telling that story, you're probably going to find the next step to get through it. And I think that's, that's true for anyone, disability, non-disability. Maybe your disability right now is, you know, you just, you are stuck in a loop. Hey, I'm stuck in a loop and I don't, I don't know how to get out of it. Someone, someone's gotten out of a loop of feeling that way mm-hmm. and they are going to point you okay you know what i did i started reading these books mm-hmm. and if you decide to take that step to read those books the person's going to grow some respect for you and they're going to be even more willing to guide you down the next step and so stories are important knowing knowing where you want to go or at least knowing where you don't want to be anymore is important right so you know it's you know we've had a good chat and I think we're going to start wrapping it up, but, you know, the bottom line is there's a lot of 
a lot of potential ahead of everyone if they know how to leverage the cards they're dealt. And if you don't know how to leverage the cards you're dealt, then find someone who does. Because your story is, is still going to be impactful to someone if you're trying to overcome the hardships. You know, maybe you have addictions, maybe you have, you know, have dealt with racial issues, I don't know. Um, maybe you identify as a different gender than you are biologically, and that's going to throw up roadblocks and barriers, and, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, people like myself who don't understand that. But it doesn't mean you can't get through it. You right. just have to have the goal to get through it. Right. That's the starting point. You have to want to not be the victim anymore. So I think that's the main point that we've kind of landed on. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Enjoy and leverage the freedoms we do have. Right. So, you know, on that note, I'm thankful to everyone listening to this, and I'm thankful for you two. Um Jeez, this this has been a, a pretty cool session actually. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad we decided to try to throw this conversation out here as uncomfortable as we were with it at the beginning. Uh, it's been a fun chat, and I'm excited to hear back what our audience has to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any any last notes from you two? No, no. I I think we wrapped it up pretty well. Um, just um, you know, as James was saying, try and leverage um, you know your difficulties and. And obviously success looks different for everybody, so you have to define that and measure it for yourself. And But getting through the, the challenges is a definite, um, you know, success. So with that, um, thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>